Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. The perfect pastor preaches exactly 10 minutes, condemns sin roundly, but never hurts anyone's feelings. The perfect pastor works from 8 a.m. until midnight, is always on call, and fills in as the church caretaker whenever it's needed. The perfect pastor makes $500 a week, wears good clothes, drives a good car, buys good books, and donates $100 a week to the church. He or she is 29 years old and has 40 years worth of experience. (laughs) The perfect pastor has a burning desire to work with teenagers and he spends most of his time with the senior citizens. He or she smiles all the time with a straight face because of a sense of humour that maintains serious dedication to the church. The perfect pastor makes 15 home visits a day and is always in the office when needed. The perfect pastor has time for church meetings and all of its committees, never missing the meeting of any church organisation. He or she is always busy evangelising the unchurched. The perfect pastor is always in the church down the road. I don't know if a round of applause is necessary, but I hope you hear something in that. <laughs> hey, I, I, love, I love supporting pastors, so I like that one. I thought that's, that's pretty good. That's actually a lot of people's expectation of pastors all the time. Pray for your pastor. Okay, let's move on. My son turns one year old in two weeks' time, roughly, two, three weeks' time. He is an amazing little boy. He is a character. His humour is already coming through, much better better than his dad's humour, thank goodness. Having a son for me has been the most precious gift I think I've ever received. But what about Jesus? Obviously, Jesus is number one. But my son is up there. Having a son has really caused my heart to grow and to change in ways I didn't realise were possible. Now, parents here, you would know what I'm talking about. You would know that when you have a child, it can change, just it changes how you view the world. It changes how you view what's important. Somebody was talking to me this week and they were talking about, asking me about, you know, how do you deal with uh, such and such to do with people's opinions? And I said, honestly, since having my son, I don't really care what people think as much. Because what matters to me is that I have a responsibility to minister to my family. What people think about me or my style or whether I'm doing a good or bad job, it doesn't matter. What matters is when I hold my son, 
that I'm a faithful dad, that I'm a present dad, that I'm not always on my phone over his shoulder because he he's very smart and he will know all the time if I'm trying to do that. But I'm there and I'm present with him. Having a son has taught me about how the father delights in me. Maybe you grew up with a bad experience of your parents or a great experience with your parents, but there's something about the father and his love for us which completely supersedes any earthly experience we might have. You know, we have a father who is so overly uh, passionate about you. When I hear my son laugh, nothing is as important to me or nothing is as sound, good sounding as his laughter. I absolutely love it. Yesterday, there was a rainy day at home. He does this thing where he has his bedroom and his toys. He'll crawl up to me. He's a little speedy Gonzalez. He'll see me. He'll crawl up to me. And then he will just flip on his back against me. Like, here, Dad, I'm in your arms now. And then I'll get on the ground and I'll roll next to him. And I'll go, wow, this is a nice pillow, isn't it? And I'll put my head on his tummy. Oh, this is very soft. This is very, oh, look at this. Oh. And he just thinks it's the funniest thing. He's there cracking up. He's got five teeth now. He's just like, Daddy, what are you doing? Like, get off. And I'm like, just to hear his laughter is the best sound. When the father hears your laughter, when he hears your delight, this morning before church, uh, we have a tradition now in our house, it's a daily tradition, where we sit out the back on, on our back deck and we have been throwing uh, bread to birds um, and we have this gang of um, lorikeets and I've realised that the other birds seem to be scared of the lorikeets. The lorikeets look pretty, but they have a mean streak. Yeah, anyone else notice that? They're, they are the gang of our, they're, they're, they're the gang. They just, there are magpies that are double the size who will hop away in fear when a little lorikeet wants to have its way. It's very bizarre. But we love the lorikeets even so. We, 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 we look out for them and we give them bread. And, and, and the thing about birds though is that Bear, my son, absolutely loves birds. The minute he sees a bird, you'll hear this high-pitched squeal. I'm not gonna try and do it. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to try and do that. Even before I see it, you hear this, ah, like, okay, try, and, and he will just, he will dance in my arms, like, and I'll be looking, where is, so we're out there this morning, and the lorikeets are getting more bold. They are getting closer and closer, and we lock our dog inside because that dog chases the birds. Her arch enemy is the birds. Ever since she was a puppy, she just would chase birds. She's old these days, so she would just lumber around thinking she, can, she can't, she's got no chance. We lock her inside for this, 
And these lorikeets are now coming up to, he's in his high chair, and just underneath him are all these lorikeets now. To hear his high-pitched squeal of delight at these little bossy birds is something that does my heart extremely good. It, it, it brings health to my soul. It's, it's more important than anything else. When you have moments of delight, the Father looks at you like that. When I see the Ferrari go past and I go, oh, yes. <laughs> it might seem silly to some, but I love high-performance cars. Oh, it's not ready, not ready, not ready. Thanks. <laughs> Number one, the point. Let me get, I'll just, let's just use that. Today I want to speak to you about believing God for miracles when it comes to provision. What I'm trying to do and trying to pre preface and intro this message is the fact that you have a father who delights in providing for his children. It is not a burden to him. It is not something that is annoying to him. When you ask the father for provision, when you ask him for miraculous provision, he does not get angry at you. Don't ever feel guilty about asking your Heavenly Father for miraculous provision. So number one, the heart of a father is where we have to approach God. God has a heart of a father who knows how to provide for his kids. You can put up that photo now, Alan, thanks. Christmas this year was a really important milestone for us. It was our first Christmas with our family and with our son. Now, my wife is a Christmas fiend. I think that's the right word. She is passionate about Christmas. If it was up to her, she would be looking at setting up Christmas things now or as soon as Easter is done, what's next? Christmas. Is there anybody else in the room like that? You cannot yet, Beth, there's a couple, you can't, you can't wait. Bring on Christmas. Now, I used to quote in my household that I look forward to the state of origin more than Christmas. And I meant it. Because I love the state of origin so much. I have slowly changed now. My wife has, my wife has eroded me down. We need to have a men's meeting soon. We it is in the calendar. <laughs> Seriously, there is one coming up. We'll let you know. But I still love my origin. Christmas is starting to get up there. Bring back the biff and origin will be up there even higher. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you don't know what I'm talking about. It's okay. But who knows what I'm talking about? Bring back the biff. Bring back some fisty cuffs. 
So we get to Christmas this year, and I am thinking, what can I get my son as a present? What is the ideal present for an eight-month-old or whatever he was at that stage? I came up with the idea of getting him this car. And this car is the best car. It's a walker, but he run, he races through our house. Our house is in the hallway and lounge areas. is all hard, like, um, hard flooring. So he just he flies around. He squeals with delight. I don't even know where he is, but I can hear him squealing down the hallway. Ah! And we have this, my mum always, when she visits, gets, goes to Spotlight and gets one of those helium balloons, which lasts for months and months and months. So we would touch that, and so I can see him. I see this balloon just going through, like, behind the lounge. I can't see him. I can hear him, and I can see a balloon just... And he's just flying through, holding onto this balloon. It is, it is giving him hours and hours of delight. And as a dad, I just went, high-five myself. I just gave my... I, that was the present of all presents right there. It is a gift that keeps on giving. And when it comes to the Father, you've got to understand that so often we can just default to, and this is very important, it's actually be thankful for the basics, be thankful for the fact that you can eat, you can you know, afford to live, you're not living on the street, you're not, all that type of thing. But also understand that there's going to be those toy car moments, car walker moments. There's going to be times in your life where the Father wants to just bless you over the top. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6, verse 26. When you got it, why don't you tell me you've got it? Matthew 6, 26 says this. It says, Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth more than they? Matthew 6.31, if you just want to go down a bit further. says, Do not worry then, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What clothes will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. The character of our Heavenly Father is found in one of his names. And a lot of you will know this. The name is Jehovah Jireh, which is God our provider. We serve a Heavenly Father who is so passionate about his ability to provide for his kids that he went, I'm going to name myself after the very attribute that I bring. It's not just an action your heavenly father gives, it's part of who he is. When God provides above and beyond, when he does miracles, when he provides, when you, and you go, thank you, Father, for the miracle of provision, he says, enjoy my son or daughter, it's part of who I am. This is my expression to you. It is not a burden for the Lord to do miraculous things in your life when it comes to provision. And just so you know the context, last week we done, we're doing a month on miracles. We, we will celebrate miracles as a church. And last week was 
physical healing. This week is, we're believing for provision, miracles of provision. And next week, we're believing for miracles of relational restoration. So just for the praise in the room, the intercessors, this is where we're going. And so we have to start again with a basic foundation that our Father is Jehovah Jireh, God our provider. You'll be amazed at how many Christians I've, I've met over the years who have forgotten the basic fundamental that he is Jehovah Jireh, God our provider. They live in lack, they live as beggars, they live as people asking for handouts and God says, no, no, I am your provider. There is a reason, this is so interesting, that the, that the Lord, Jehovah Jireh, called the Israelite people to only work for six days and to rest on the seventh while the rest of the world would work seven days. Yet those six days would produce more than the rest in their seven days. How amazing is that? And what God is trying to say is this, if you trust me with your seventh day and you rest, I will show you that you will not be left behind when it comes to my blessing. In America today, there is a place called Chick-fil-A. Has anyone here ever experienced Chick-fil-A? Is that what it's called? Yeah, okay. It's been a while since I've been to the States, but I think it's called that. They make amazing chicken burgers or chicken sandwiches, as they call them. When you go into this franchise takeaway type place, they are all over America. You sit down and what do you hear? Shout to the Lord. Or the, literally over the speakers. <laughs> shine, Jesus, shine. Kathy isn't here today. She's, she's flooded in at the farm. Sorry, there's no risk of her singing out right now in the midst. She's probably at home singing out. The amazing thing about this place is that the owners are Christians and they've made this decision which makes no sense corporately to shut their restaurants on Sundays. Now, if you know anything about that industry, it is a multi-billion dollar industry one out of seven days closed is huge. You are talking, literally, potentially losing revenue in the billions, at least the hundreds of millions. They've decided that we're going to honour the Lord and our workers will honour the Lord by shutting down on the Sunday. You know who one of the, or it was, the most profitable franchise in America was? Chick-fil-A. <laughs> smashes backers it also helps that their burgers are very delicious but there's a principle attached to it where if you honour the Lord and say Lord you are my provider that's why it makes no sense when people come up to me and they're working seven days a week I can't come to church because I'm working every day Trust the Lord. Yes, you've got to provide for your mortgage, but trust the Lord that he is your provider. You also have to look after your soul. You have to rest so that you're around long term. So our Father is a God who provides. Hey, Psalm 23 verse 1, I love this. 
Why don't you repeat after me? Say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. On Sunday night, we had our Connect Leaders uh, gathering and I spoke about with them, we are called to be a church of shepherds who raise up shepherds, which is going to be a foundational part of our church culture. I believe it's biblical based on Matthew 28. And, and when it comes to this, I love this. A shepherd is somebody who brings um, safety, protection. A shepherd is someone who brings, um, you know, they, they feed the sheep, they look after the sheep, they water the sheep. They also have a, um, you know, a crook, whatever it's called, and to, to, hey, stay away from the cliff. Also, here comes the wolf, let me line up the wolf, hole in one, bang, knock out that wolf. The shepherd is placed there, and the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, I shall not be going, oh, I need a, I, you've got me, God. You've, you've got me. The second thing is this. We have to remember that our Father is a Father of promises fulfilled. Philippians 4, verse 19. Philippians 4, 19. Why don't you tell me you've got it when you've got it? Anyone else got it? Philippians 4.19. It says this. It says, And my God will, why don't you say will, supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. My God will supply all your needs and all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. God's promises go before us. Jessica touched on a, a testimony that I shared a couple of weeks ago about how, yeah, we were out, we, we found um, an envelope of, of cash in, our, in her bag, in Charlotte's bag, and we were like, awesome, like, this is amazing. Took some of that, put it above our dash in our car, above the, in the visor, to represent the promises of God in our life are that he will provide our needs. He goes before us and his blessing rains down upon us. That might sound weird to you. Hey, we're a bit weird. It's all good. So whenever we drive our car, there is a $50 note in the visor. If you smash our window and steal it, ah, that's not too good. It's still there now, and it will still stay there because every time we look at it, it reminds us of the promise that he will supply all our needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And then a couple of days later, it's true, we had some big bills come in, bills that were making me feel like I was sinking a bit. And within two days of that moment, and we prayed in the car and we said, Lord, we just declare your provision upon us. We declare your promises upon our family. We declare that you will make a way where there is no way. And within two days, 48 hours, I had a tax thing come through, which was not you owe us money, but they gave me money. Thank you, ATO. We had a letter in the mail from my insurance company saying, we have done your premiums wrong. Here is a check. Thank you, insurance companies. 
We didn't claim anything. It was just their error. And they said, hey, we're going to back pay you with interest. Who wants some of that? Take it. Don't take it, but just receive it. And, and, the, and, the, and the finance that came in out of nowhere, unexpectedly, the promises were fulfilled in that moment where we had needs due to bills that came in unexpectedly. And this money covered those bills. Anyone else have testimonies like that in life where you've just, yeah, people have these testimonies. But I want to just speak over you again. Receive them afresh. Today, if, uh, we're going to pray it then. If you need provision, miraculous provision, that God would come through in a way that you never even experienced. I love the fact that we serve a God who often brings miracles through unconventional means. For example, he turns water into wine. <laughs> and remember, water back then was not clean water. It was dirty water. It was, it was not filled to the way you have water today. So he took something that was seemingly dirty and turned it into the high-class wine for the wedding that he was at. He took the loaves and the fish and took the faith of a little boy and said, I can use that and use that to feed the thousands. He took mud and spit and healed somebody's eyes. <laughs> You've got to understand your father is not limited to just the everyday nine to five type expectation miracle that might happen because, you know, you know what I mean? Like just a little, like he is out of the box. Remember when they needed money for tax in the Bible? Where did they get it from? A fish. I caught a fish and the money that I owe the tax office was in its mouth, Jesus. What? Next time, Joey, you go lobster diving, check their little mouths. <laughs> Have a little look. Just You might find some... <laughs> you see how ridiculous it sounds, though? That's what it was. That's what it was. Look in the little fish's mouth, Jesus. Um, Peter, look. Have a little look. The little fishy, I don't know. It could have been a big fish. Is this okay? I just pray your faith is stirred. Don't limit your father. Your father is limitless. He is. He goes ahead of you. He goes before you. Number three, he is a father who loves to reveal his goodness. James chapter 1, if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn there? James 1, 17. It says this, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming from the Father. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Psalm 84.11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favour and honour. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. No good thing will he uphold from you for those who walk uprightly before him. I encourage you today to hold on to these scriptures. Speak them over your family. Speak them over your marriage. Speak them over your, your singlehood. Whatever it is, speak the blessing of God. Yeah. 
because you are not the tail, you are the head. You are not the beggar, you are the son. Yeah? And sometimes I find myself becoming like a beggar with my father. And it's the wrong posture to have. I don't approach my heavenly father begging for bread instead of begging for crumbs, sorry, from the bread table. Instead, I know that my father loves to reveal his goodness. He loves to provide for his kids. He loves to go ahead of us. Every good gift comes from him. No good thing. Turn to your neighbour and say, no good thing. No good thing. No good thing will he withhold. If you need it, he's got it. I went through this uh, when I was single and ready to mingle. (laughs) And I was an older single person. I was in my late 20s. And the Lord opened my eyes to my wife, Charlie. And I tell you, she is a good thing. Charlie at home, you are a good thing. She's online right now. Not only is she good to me, not only is she a good person, the Lord gave me a wife who actually helps complement and bring healing and bring breakthrough and bring restoration to parts of my heart as a single that only my wife could probably bring. I love the fact that the Father looked out for me. I love the the fact that my Father arranged my marriage, I feel like. I believe for me in arranged marriages. I feel like the Lord arranged for me and my wife to be together. Don't take me out of context, please. <laughs> Last point. Our father is a father of more than enough. Right now, you can see overflow happening. The gutters can't contain the outpouring. That is a representation of the Father in your life. How cool is that? He's he's not just a God of just enough. Just enough. Just enough petrol in the tank to get you home. I've been there. Can 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 I get the car home? Not that you want to overflow your car petrol tank. (laughs) But you get the point, hopefully. Psalm 23.5 says this. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. How's your cup going today? How's your blessing going today? How's the... You're receiving the things of God. You can sit down. That is all good. Thanks, mate. (laughs) It's okay. We'll pray for healing afterwards. Feel a little heart. Yeah. No, I'm just aware that there's noise with the rain and I don't want extra noise, right? I just... 
seriously, that's what I'm thinking. If you need right now worshipful music, you can hum to yourself. I don't know. <laughs> you okay, Nat? You all right? You okay, Winter? Anyway, focus. Hey, Luke chapter 6, last scripture. Why don't you turn there? Luke chapter 6, verse 38. <laughs> Luke 6, 38 says, and God, oh, sorry, give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap for the measure you use will be measured to you. Running over. You gotta, you, this is how you got to, this is how I, I kind of, I picture this. I am a cup, I am a glass. Father, fill me up with you. But then he fills me up so much that it starts to overflow from my life. It overflows in my conversation. It overflows in my thoughts. It overflows in my actions. I can't help but be an expression, an overflow expression of the river of God inside of me. You see, we have to change our mentality sometimes. From... God, you are, you are the God of just enough. This is really big because this is, this is actually a lot of people. You are the God of just enough. Thank, thank you for just enough. No, God says, I am the God of more than enough. More. Mom, and, and I, again, I'm going to just praise my wife because she's helped me with this. Because I am naturally a half glass full person. I can see the issues more than the positivity sometimes. She is a naturally a a half, uh, sorry, a glass full person and she has taught me continually and I'm slowly getting it that our father through his love is a father of overflow. I don't need to beg. I don't need to grovel. I don't, no, no, I need to ask. Ask and you will receive but understand that when he answers he will often if not always answer with overflow. But get ready for overflow because overflow is messy. This week, we got the most amazing thing in our house. We got a robot vacuum and mop. This thing is like our, our minds are blown. We on our phone can hit right now. We could hit, okay, on from here. I should do it. I'm going to do it. I'm opening the app. Yeah, open in the app. Yeah, just give me a second, guys. It's loading, it's loading, it's loading. It's, see, that's the map of my house. Can you see that? Probably can't see it. Yeah, okay. I'm going to say uh, right now, kitchen. Um, no, that's not it. Okay, um, yeah, all right. How do I use this? I only got it two days ago. All right, oh, here we go. Clean, clean, room. Room. Um, you get the point. Okay. <laughs> I just know I take it too long. It's a, I think my wife's on her phone is counselling it as I'm doing it. So now if I'm at home eating popcorn, I can just let it go everywhere. And I just hit that little app and say, come on, Reginald Jeeves Holiday, which is what we call him. Come on, Reggie, come on. Come and clean up my overflow. 
you've got to understand that with the blessing of God, sometimes it's, it's more than enough. It's overflow. It's... Imagine if, if, if or it will happen, but the day where we say, God, you know, grow the church and there's 200 too many people here. Oh, but what about the inconvenience of getting a car park or getting a seat or the kids can't fit into the kids' rooms or it's this inconvenience when it comes to overflow of blessing. But that's God's heart. Well, with the fishes and loaves, there were 12 baskets left over. But isn't that a waste? It's just the heart of God. He just says, I've got more than enough. Give it to others. Bless people. And the example, just as we finish, is this. Like when I, and again, and I use my son a lot, but I can't expect, he is overflow for me because he's just perfection. This morning I changed his nappy and it was not perfection. It was the worst thing ever. And Charlie and I often have discussions about who's going to go get him when he wakes up. Because we know whoever has to get him has to change his nappy from the night. This morning I went and got him. But he is just overflow of just joy and love and just... I'm sorry if you get a bit... Actually, I'm not sorry. I just I can't help it. I just love him so much. He's, this kid sleeps from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. every night. We met, a, we met a, a parent two days ago and the kid was two years old and still has never slept through. I mean, this little boy is amazing. He, literally, he, he will wake up and he will just laugh and talk and play in his room. He's 10 months old, 11 months old. Are you okay, Alex? You're right. I see your husband just... Now, we're blessed. I know that he's a special child. Anyway, what he represents to me is overflow. Because when I pictured him one day, and actually I pictured a girl, most of Charlie being pregnant, I thought it was going to be a girl. But when I pictured, you know, one day having a child, and I never, I, I can't even, my, my, my expectation was here. He is there. And I just love that. And I just think it just represents the Father heart for us. That God just wants to bless you with overflow. He wants to bless your family. He wants to bless your relatives. He wants to bless your neighbours. He wants to bless the city. He wants to bless, you know, your workmates. But often their mentality will be, the roof will cave in if I come to church, which means God will get angry at me if I come to church. We have to change the narrative. Our Father gives good gifts. If you're asking for bread, he won't give you a stone. If good fathers know how to give good gifts, how much more your Heavenly Father? Lastly, our Heavenly Father wants to pour out miraculous provision for you today simply because he loves you. And the great thing about that church is that it's not based on your merit. It's not based on if you deserve it. 
It's not based on if you've had a good week or not, or if you've read your Bible enough this week, or if you've prayed enough, or if you've served enough, or if you, whatever you might think, we're great at putting these levels of expectation on ourselves. The Father says, it is enough that you are my son and my daughter. It is enough for my son to be my son. That's enough now. The entry is there. It's happened. It's, he is my delight. He is my son. The father with you is the same. Take off the self-imposed expectations. And even if you have a bad week, know that God's blessing is still upon you. And even if you trip up and fail, that the grace of God is greater. Now that sounds so simple, but the amount of times we can struggle with that thought. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of this. You know, I, I pray this over you, that you would experience seasons where the blessing of God is so massive over your life that you feel like, not embarrassed, but like, how do I, what do I do with this? This is even more. This is it. Like, and then you see someone else and they don't seem as blessed and you start comparing again. No, no, be thankful for the blessings of God. Because it's not about your merit, it is about your Father and His love for you and I. In two weeks, we're going to be speaking around Easter. Please, can you bring your family, bring your friends, bring people who don't know Christ. I keep saying it to our church, and we haven't got it, but we're going to get it. The wedding banquet is not just for me and you. Bring someone to sit with you. Why? Because this place is not just a club for us. And the youth do this beautifully. Every week they bring the most broken young people together. And with that comes issues. But with that comes breakthrough. So the rest of us, let's be this. Let's not be the church just for us. Let's be a church that shares the Heavenly Father's blessings and his heart for our city, his heart for the people. Does it sound good? Hey, Nat, can I invite you up if that's okay? Is that okay? You can come up just as we finish. Are you going to play us an item or something special? Some Beethoven, maybe? Okay. Why don't you just close your eyes as we finish? Thank you, Father God. I might just get you to stand where you are. I'm just going to take a moment just to reflect and just be thankful in our hearts for our, our Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Father. In this place, if you know in your heart that when it comes to the Father's love, that you are not walking right now close with, the heaven, with your Heavenly Father. And maybe you've never given your heart to Him, or maybe you used to walk closely with your Heavenly Father and your heart is now distant and you need to come back. Through Jesus Christ, we have an opportunity to have a relationship with the Father. And if that's you in this place, as everyone has their eyes closed, I just invite you just to put your hand up and say, I want to just make sure my heart is right with the Father. I want to make sure my heart is close to Him. Thank you, Jesus. 
sat there back there or some anybody else. Just want to take a moment and say, I just want to, either for the first time or you're recommitting. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, I come before you in the name of your Son, Jesus. I ask for forgiveness of my sin. And I ask that, Lord Jesus, you would be my Lord and Saviour. And you would give me a new start. I believe in you. And Holy Spirit, come into my life and help me every day. Walk with the Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.